Hi there. We are so glad to see you here in our little town. You may have heard of us before, and while you can't believe everything you read, we hope you are prepared to enjoy your stay. Because here, anything can happen. So, lock your doors, set aside your assumptions, broaden your mind, and enjoy your trip to Superstition. Episode 10, Parallel Worlds, Part 2. This is the last record I will make in this journal. I've got to tell the end of this story, because stories need endings, and if I don't, I may go mad. Perhaps writing it down will allow me to make sense of what happened. Perhaps there is no sense to be found. It would have been sense to turn back before we climbed the rock in the desert. It would have been sense to have never gone on this journey at all. We salvaged what we could from our destroyed camp and returned to the river in the dark to lay low. I stayed awake for a long time in case Bradley's men returned, but the night was still, like it was laughing at us. Eventually I slept. Oliver woke me in the night, frantic. Claimed he saw light out across the desert. Campfires, maybe, or something stranger. That huge red rock got closer. The river slowed to a trickle, so we left the boat and walked west until the sun rose, red and pink against the red earth. He was right. We began to hear voices and smell smoke. Dr. Bradley and the remaining men had camped only miles from us in the night. But the two of us were faster, and we reached the tremendous rock formation at first light. It was steep, nearly sheer. A rectangle of sandstone jutted from the earth. When we reached the top, it looked almost like a tombstone. A cemetery mound, he joked, but I didn't think it was funny. There wasn't anything to see except for the view of the desert beyond. But in the time we had before Bradley arrived, we explored the rock end to end. Oliver grew angrier. But I saw it, he said over and over. Last night, it was here, a city shining in gold. I couldn't convince him to leave the rock before an hour had passed, and by then it was too late. Bradley and his men crested the cliff from the other end, and they began firing on us. <clears throat> Gunpowder, smoke, dust. These things don't change no matter where in the world you are. All I could think of was getting to the edge of the rock and down. Oliver didn't react, so I shoved him down behind me. We took cover behind a boulder. I fired, reloaded, fired back, trying not to hit anyone. It felt like bad luck spilling blood atop this rock shaped like a tombstone. For a minute, I thought we might make it, but then Oliver gasped and my heart sank. There it is, he shouted. I had to pull him behind me to stop him leaping into the fray. The city! Throughout the dust and smoke, I could see four men and the sky. No city, not even an illusion of one. Don't move, I ordered. I fired. Someone fell. The bullets slowed. It's there. He wouldn't stay still. Above the cliff, I found it. He was going to get shot. He was going to walk right off the edge. I fired. Another man fell. Don't you see it? He asked again. I didn't. I fired again. 
I don't want to explore it without you, Oliver said. He stood. I think I'll need a cartographer. He stepped forward towards the edge of the cliff. He didn't listen when I told him to stop. Dust rose around him and he turned back to look at me. Don't you see it? he asked again. For a moment, one breathless, shining second, I thought that I could. An impossible city with towers made of glass and light rising high into a strange sky and water running down them, so blue. I could hear music and smell the air of some foreign place far away from the dust and the heat and the blood. Oliver's face was as bright as the towers he came here to find. Hurry up, he said. I can't wait forever. He stepped forward into the dust and was gone. I've searched the stone formation we climbed that afternoon and the miles of desert around it, recovered three bodies, all the doctor's men. If Oliver fell, he'd have landed at the foot of the cliff. If he'd survived, he wouldn't have gone far. I can't stay here. I'm almost out of water. Any longer and I won't be able to drag myself south. But people don't vanish into thin air. There's nothing here but me and the sky. Write this from the train depot in Flagstaff. From here I'll head to Albuquerque, and then back east. I can't say if I'll return to this stretch of godforsaken land again. Not to say I won't, but... If there's a chance that this isn't the end, then I'll have to return. Someday. Where else will I ever see a sky so blue? Is it possible for one man very special one, with a fire of belief so bright it could put the sun to shame to find his own holy grail? I never claimed to be a man with answers. If anybody could, it would be Oliver. I can believe in that, but that's about all. I don't know anything, except that now the world feels too big and the ending too long. And if there's any luck in the world, any meaning, then we'll see each other again down the road. I can't bear to write any more. And that's it. The story ends there. Not everybody made it. That's it? rest of the journal is blank. Look. If anything else happened to Sam on his journey back, he didn't write it down. Didn't sound like he had the heart. Here, hand it over. Whoa, whoa. Take it easy. You do have a dozen stitches in your stomach. I'm fine. You got stabbed. That did happen, yeah. The story really just ends. Did Oliver die? Or did he get what he wanted? Do you think any of it was real? It felt real. It was real. Because we read it. Why did someone go through so much trouble to get that to you? I'm not sure. I think it's about the place where it happened as much as the story itself. Here. We were up on top of the cemetery mound ourselves. Whatever was the cause of that, what happened to Oliver... I think it's why things happen in this town. He believed he would find something, so he did. I think so. 
You know, a year ago, I would have walked out of the room rather than talk about it. But after everything I've seen in the last few weeks, I'm not so convinced it's not happening to me either. I've been afraid, you know, of finding out that my brother was one of Superstition's unexplained mysteries. Hey, look, I'm sorry about your brother, about all of... I used to pretend like I could avoid it. Like I could look the other way and not have to think about what it means. I thought that about a lot of things, but I don't anymore. I understand that. Yeah, I know you do. You know you did the right thing. Ugh, don't say that. You'll give me a complex. Jack, I'm sorry. About your dad. Oh, don't. Don't. It's... I came looking for an answer. I found one. I asked for it. It's what I wanted. To know why he never... You didn't ask for this. I have to call my brother and tell him. I have to... Oh, shit. It's a mess. I don't understand how my father sent me a message at all when he's been dead all this time. Was it waiting for me for years? Or something even stranger going on? I wish I could tell you. I can't. <laughs> Welcome to Superstition, I guess. Uh, hey, uh... It looks like my boss is standing outside the room. Is he here for you or for me? Oh, yeah. He wanted to talk to me. It's fine. You can let him in. Okay. I'll see you later. Get some rest. Bye, Tom. And you know they say Prince dead, but I just don't know if Superstition is ready for a podcast. I don't even know what you're talking about, Duncan. She's in here. Jack! You look very perky. Hi, Duncan. Captain. Jack, thanks for agreeing to meet with us. How are you feeling? Like I got stabbed. You look very upright, which I wasn't expecting. We're both glad you're all right. I was surprised you wanted to come by, considering I did do everything you told me not to. I'm really surprised to see you both together. I thought you didn't get along. We aren't bad at setting difference of opinion aside when it really matters. And Duncan climbed in through my car window to come with me. There are some things I think we need to talk about. Can I guess? I'm good at guessing games. I'm not really in the mood for games. I did get stabbed. You mean Kate Millay. And Simon Millay. And my parents. Why my mom visited the hospital in Superstition in 2003, my dad's body, why they're connected, what happens next, and what you both know. My girl, all I have is a lifetime of guesses and two brains to put things together. And that's funny, because now you're making it sound like you're working together. And if you are, then I don't know if I trust either of you. Do you really think if I knew Kate was going to be kidnapped by her own uncle, I wouldn't have done anything about it? I have no idea. He didn't. Neither did I. Not until it was too late. I'm willing to admit I made a bad call, not taking Jenny seriously. 
If someone has to take the fall for that, I will. But it's my job to protect this town, my officers, and everyone in it. There is no way to know how bad something is going to get. Caution saves lives. Your impulse decision almost cost you yours. But it saved Kate Millay. And you should be thanking me for that. I should be arresting you for interfering in police business. Jack, my brother and I suffer from a difference in opinion, not moral clarity. We've always been in agreement that the strange things happening in this town are real and dangerous. We disagree on how to handle the fallout. You know something about this. An educated guess. And many reasons not to trust everyone we like. So we're very interested to know... What do you think happened? What do I think? You are the detective. I think that Simon Millay was an unwell man who dove into something way over his head until he drowned in it. Unwell. Ambiguous. Spiritually sick? Just plain crazy? One doesn't know. Crazy's not the word I'd use. He believed in something. Just like me. Like everyone. The premise intrigues me. Simon was trying to make sense of his own life and the lives of his family. How he fit into the world. That's what religion is, more or less. I'd call myself religious if I had to classify it. It's a choice. And an obligation. Being Jewish means being allied to a history. That's got an impact on how I see the world. And how my mom does, too. And I haven't seen her in 15 years. Simon's not like that. His religion, if I can even call it that, didn't come from anywhere or anyone. He created it. We found his journal. He'd been thinking about it for decades. His dad came back from the dead. His sister died in a terrible way. And in this town, people disappear at a rate three times the national average. Simon Millay believes in something. Believes he was the only person who could protect his family and himself. He believes in it so much, he was willing to kill for it. And something, something out in the desert, heard him. For some reason, the boundary between what's real and what isn't is thin here. Thin enough that impossible things happen all the time, even when nobody wants them to. I can almost feel it. Can't you? Parallel worlds alongside this one, where anything could be possible, where something is waiting. How's that for a theory? It's a workable hypothesis. It's not one that's going to hold up in court. Is it ever? Now, you need to tell me what you know about my mother. I don't have the answers you think I do. But you know something. Anything. Come on. I didn't make the connection until I ran the background check on you. There wasn't a reason to. There was an incident. One I'd almost forgotten. A decade ago. When I was still a sergeant. Fifteen years ago. I remember it was right after the Fourth of July parade that year. A hot one. 
Someone reported that two people staying in the hotel were acting suspiciously, and I responded. The woman, she was having some kind of panic attack, and the man was trying to calm her down. It wasn't working. She was in a bad way, not making any sense, convinced something was in the room with them. Nothing was, nothing that I could see anyway. I drove them to the hospital, and they checked in. I didn't see them again, so I assumed they'd left town. I guess I was wrong. I didn't think any more of it. Until now. That's it? That's all I know. I'm not your enemy, Miss St. James. I have no reason to lie. But you're supposed to have the answers. I don't. You can't just leave me with more questions. You're not my fucking rabbi. Jack, have you considered that maybe the answers don't exist? That sometimes there is no closure and no ending and no reason for why the bad things in our lives happen? Yes. A thousand times. Every day. Sometimes every minute. And with all due respect, the minute I do accept that is the minute I roll over and die. I thought so. Come on, Mark. Let's let Jack get some rest. Maybe she's asleep. I don't want to bother her. I think we should... I think she's faking it. Maybe something's wrong? Should I go get a doctor? I don't know anything about stab wounds. <sighs> hey, guys. Oh! She was faking it. <laughs> Two Malays in one place. Today's just a day of weird sibling visits. We've apologized to each other. Thank you. She got weepy. Embarrassing. As if you didn't. Yeah, but you did first. We wanted to see how you were doing. And to thank you. Ugh, don't <laughs> thank me for being a dumbass. You should be thanking your sister for her upper body strength and good timing. Or Isabella, who found us. I think she might be Batman. I do have that, yeah. But we want to thank you anyway. For listening to me? And for coming to get me. Not everyone would have done that. Not everyone did that. Don't worry. I'm not going to make it a habit. <clears throat> so... What's happened since I've been trapped in here? Our uncle has been arrested on several counts of kidnapping, assault, and attempt to murder. We've both agreed to testify against him. I suspect you'll be asked to. We're receiving a formal apology from the mayor, which is a start. Jen, you aren't starting with the best part. It's morbid. You don't get to say that. I do, because I almost was a body buried in the ground. I'm morbid now. <laughs> what? They sent a forensics team out to the family land, and they found, like, five bodies buried out there. Some of them for years. So, he was telling the truth. For what it's worth. What he thought was true, anyway. <clears throat> so, what are you going to do now? Did you find what you came to Superstition to find? No. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I've got to get discharged from this hospital and take care of some family business. But I can't leave. Not yet. Well, 
You're welcome to stay with us until you figure it out. My house has always been too big. I could air out the upstairs guest room. What? Really? As long as you clean up after yourself and don't play music after 10 p.m. But I lied to you. I was pretty scammy. You do remember I'm not really a private eye. I remember. I did visit your website. Did you know the About Me page takes you to a gif of a flashing neon penis that sings? Yeah, I was aware of that. Was hoping you wouldn't check. I'm... Uh, sorry. I lied to you. And made up a story about myself to get myself involved, and made promises I wasn't sure if I could keep, and made you look at a flashing neon penis. I wasn't very good at thinking about anyone else but myself. And that was the last thing you needed. I'm not angry. You're not? I could have done without the singing dick, but I'm not mad at you. I would prefer if you didn't lie to anyone in this town again, but I understand. I would have done anything to find my sister. <laughs> right. Can I see the singing dick? Yeah! No! Hey. You made it. Hey! Hi. You're here. Well, I work here. Sit down, I got you something. It's a hat! You asked for one. Here, hold still. Uh, how does it look? Like you need a 44 Magnum and a cigarette. That's good, right? It's good. I'm glad you're alright and that things didn't go, uh, worse. Oh. Well, I should be thanking you and your extremely valiant rescue. Two hours on the dot. You're pretty miraculous. I can't believe you found us. But I found was a mysterious text from Kate Millay. It wasn't... it was nothing. No, it wasn't. Carrying my screaming, bleeding body out of a tunnel to safety is not... nothing. I mean, you were unconscious. And Tom was waiting with an ambulance. Mm, that's not how I'm gonna memorialize it in my head. There was more screaming. And swooning. And probably my shirt buttons popped open. I still don't think you should be up and walking around. I could have come to visit you in the hospital. How do you feel? Mm, laying around all day is so boring. I'm just really sore. I took a shower by myself and everything. Oh, so you really made an effort. You even invited me to come to the bar that I work at. I like this one. I don't usually mix business with pleasure. This town is too small. Well, you could give me a second chance to get it right. This date hasn't even started, and you're asking for a second chance? I'd rather this not be a date until the stitches in my stomach covering the bleeding knife wound are gone. <sighs> That's disgusting. Thank you. And also because Tom is over there, waving at us. Enthusiastically. Buzzkill. <laughs> Should I wave back? Yeah, go ahead. Hi, you guys. Jack, I thought you were still in the hospital. Mm, I got bored. 
And I'm glad I'm not your doctor. Mind if I join you? Yeah. What the hell? So, where the hell is Simon Malay? He's in county jail, and he'll be there for a while. What we found in those tunnels, Izzy? Ugh. Four bodies, maybe five. And you know it was him? Not for sure. He won't talk. They haven't been identified either. They could be... could be anyone. He buried them. Like that meant something. I think he thought it did. What does that mean? You didn't hear him. He really believes that by harming people, he was somehow keeping the unexplained at bay. Like a trade-off. A negotiation. A negotiation with what? I have no idea. That's what I was afraid you'd say. Cthulhu photography. Just please, don't. Well, what the hell are you going to do now? I have to stay. Find answers. Looks like superstition is stuck with me for a while. I've got a thousand questions, a body to bury, and a can-do attitude. The rest will sort itself out. I hope it knows what it's in for. Yeah. You know of anywhere with a room for rent? Otherwise I might be crashing with Jenny Malay for a while. Wait, what? I'll ask around. You looking for a job, too? Ugh, Jesus. I guess. Don't really want to base my income around donating plasma, do I? (laughs) Yeah, maybe don't act on that quite yet. See, Tom and I were talking this morning, and we had an idea. If this is some kind of erotic suggestion, I'd like to make it known that I'm not entirely in... No. There are a lot of problems in superstition that don't make sense. And people don't know who else to ask for help. And they don't want to trust the police. What are you saying? I'm saying... I think that this town could use a private detective. (laughs) What? Are you serious? Absolutely. The... what? Jacqueline St. James Detective Agency? It's got a ring to it. Why the hell not? I mean, you closed your first case. You're one for... well, one. Huh. The Jacqueline St. James Detective Agency. Maybe you're right. That does sound pretty good. I'll drink to that. Yeah, me too. Have a good night, you two. <sighs> Guess I'll go get my car tomorrow morning. I did have two beers after all. Have to be responsible. <sighs> Man, it's a beautiful night, isn't it? What was that? I heard heard this before. Who's there? Who are you? I feel like I'm so close to you, but you can't see me. Maybe you don't want to. I wouldn't if it were me. But I would have, because I always thought the world was weirder than 
first time? Who are you? People say the past is never really in the past until you're dead. Maybe not even then. Because if there's anything I've learned since I crossed the state line into Arizona, it's that just because something's dead doesn't mean it's gone for good. I kept this record as running proof that something somewhere had to add up that it's not all just a story I'm telling myself. Following my missing mother to an impossible place with impossible questions. She would like those. Impossible questions. The mysteries of the universe. Makes a good story. Here's a fucking story for you. How about a story with an ending that feels happy? Girl's life is saved. Girl's sister is grateful. Girl almost certainly moves into the future with lots of new baggage and lifelong trauma. Welcome to the club. Maybe it's a sad story. A man on a journey falls in love when he never thought he would. And it doesn't last. But we can all pray for ambiguous endings. And sometimes, sometimes there isn't an end at all. Not even when you're looking at a body on a table. God answers every prayer that you send their way. That's something my mom used to say. Mostly, the answer is no. See, I, I don't have any answers at all. What I've got is some witty retorts, a determination that borders on idiocy, and the willingness to grab God by their metaphorical lapels, drag them down to my level, and demand an explanation. And a few good people on my side. That too. Yesterday, I was on an adventure. And today, I'm on a mission. Hi, you've reached the voicemail box of Jack St. James. If I'm not answering the phone, it's because I don't want to. Leave a message after the beep and I'll call you back, if I feel like it. Beep. <laughs> uh, no, this is the real one. Mom? 
Thank you for listening to the season finale of Superstition. It's one thing to create a story, but it's an entirely different one to tell it. And we are so grateful and glad we told this one to you. Parallel Worlds features Alex Gallegos as Tom Madrazo, Kira Apple as Jack St. James, Dallas Munoz as Duncan O'Connell, Nathan Comstock as Captain O'Connell, Natalie Hunter as Jenny Malay, Amanda Rainey as Kate Malay, and Jory Taylor as Isabella Nelji. Superstition is written by Sarah Kolb. This episode was edited by Sarah Kolb and Amanda Rainey. Are you, too, working on setting up your detective practice in a weird small town that you just discovered out of the blue with no idea what's going to happen next? Or did you just enjoy the show? Tell us about it. We'd love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or tell us what you thought on Twitter. We're at Pod Superstition. You can also support the show on Patreon. This is a goodbye for now, but it's not a farewell. We're not finished with this story or the town of Superstition. And so we'll see you back here pretty soon. Thanks for listening.